0: Live on ACN Track, welcome to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
1: Hello, everyone. You are on Go Greyhounds, James Broadhurst with you, and joining me in the studio, as always, Alexia Pesce and Callum Robson. How are you guys?
2: Fabulous. Happy to be here, aren't you, Callum?
1: Oh, always. Yeah, looking forward to another big weekend of Chasing... Okay, let's roll into
2: a very exciting exciting win from our very own Catch the Thief in the Winter Cup. What do you guys think of that?
3: Yeah, it was a great win. Um, well, when I walked in here,
1: you mentioned it straight away, so I knew it was a good win after that. Well, yeah, people are still buzzing, aren't they, after it? In fact, let's go back and have a listen to Catch the Thief winning the Winter Cup last Saturday night.
3: Last of all was Sunset Milo, but look at the Victorian. Go catch the Thief off and running. After him is Tommy Shelby, then followed by Joker Poker. Sir Monty as they swing onto the corner, catch the Thief by three. Tommy Shelby digs deep, then followed by Joker Poker. But look at him, go catch the Thief. The star from Bragalong wins by three lengths in the winner cup. Second goes to Tommy Shelby, Joker Poker, then
1: followed by Cindy... Yeah, another big win. Five from five over here in WA, catch the Thief, returned... Back to Victoria as a superstar, came over here as a potential superstar, is now a bona fide superstar. Uh, Cal, what else can we say about this dog that hasn't already been said? No, there's not really much. We've been harping on about him for the last couple of weeks now. Yeah, we're sick of him. We're yeah. sick of him. Well, oh, we uh, don't? No, we're not. We're still buzzing. <laughs> we, we are. Well, one thing, he's <laughs> had five, he has
3: five runs here now and was trained by Steve,
1: so can we not claim him as our own?
3: Well, I did
1: make a mention on a, another show uh, that uh, we could have stuck with him and it's a shame the Nationals aren't and we could have claimed him as our representative for WA but obviously that's not going to happen. But yeah, look, uh, I think we can claim some credit for sure.
2: I feel like we were talking about Tommy Shelby in this sort of light a few weeks ago and he ran second.
1: He did run second, yeah. No disgrace though. Beaten by a better dog on the night. Uh, Tommy though, I think, yeah, you know, we can't really fault him. He's going to win a lot more. I think, in fact, I think he's going to clean up on Saturday night he's going around in the free door.
3: Yeah, I debate that on the night. I think Catch the Thief's just a different class of Tommy Shelby, and we thought that prior. Um, I think if you run that race over and over again, I think Catch the Thief wins over and over again. But Tommy Shelby strikes an easy free-for-all race. The only one thing is a lot of speed in the race. He'll have to do everything right. You've got Chevy's entry to his inside. Kiss Me Linda and one And Joker Poker, who came third in that final, who was a great run and probably will go... Uh, probably go out over the odds to start with. I think Tommy Shelby's definitely going to have to do everything right at the
1: start. So that's the free-to-all at Cangton on Saturday night. Uh, look, Callum, just quickly, you think Tommy Shelby, though, like, uh, as I mentioned, he is still our best dog in WA?
2: Now that Catch the Thief's gone.
1: Yeah,
3: Catch the Thief's <laughs> gone. Um, Tommy Shelby, I, I would still have Zach Minnelli above Tommy Shelby. Oh, controversial. Yeah, I think Zach Minnelli can do it at both ends. I think he's... Not been coming out the best lately, but I think he can come out the best. And I think even if he's five lengths behind a Tommy Shelby, I think he's, uh, Zach Minnelli's running him down. We saw Zach Manelli nearly run down. Simon told Helen in the Perth Cup, and Zach Minnelli was um, collected at the start. So I think I think Zach Minnelli holds the second spot, or the best uh, on top for me at the moment. But Tommy Shelby's got the will to win and the tactical speed at the start, which puts me in good stead. Do you disagree? Uh,
1: I... Well, it'd be interesting to see those two go head-to-head, actually. Uh, be interesting, yeah, absolutely. But I, at this stage, yeah, I do disagree. I think Tommy is probably th- the one with the runs on the board, so happy to lean towards uh, Tommy, Shelby. Tommy Shelby. And early speed, obviously a uh, very vital component to a dog re- to winning. So I, I admire Zach and, and the, the, the way he comes home like a steam train. He can't hear you. <laughs> Zach can't hear me. Neither can, can Tommy. So, no. and uh, look, I don't know on on his night as well. I'm not necessarily discounting Campini as well uh, in that mix. And uh, Callum's already shaking. his head. he's got it. screwing his face up. He's, he's not a Campini fan, but that's fine. You that's
2: are fine. always have been.
1: I will. I'm going to stick with Campini.
2: Let's move on to Mandurah Friday night.
1: Yes, indeed. Heats of the Sand Groper uh, here. And speaking of dogs that uh, have performed at the top level, uh, interesting runner in the first heat here, Premium Share. Now, we know this dog uh, did a lot of good work last year, derby winner, and uh, then went on, of course, to famously win the National Sprint Championship.
2: He's been missing for a few weeks, though.
1: Has been missing for a few weeks. Had any a long-term injury, came back, had the five starts back, uh, only the one win. Bit of a stuttering return. Hard to really know where this greyhound's at at the moment. As you mentioned, Lex has been off the scene for a couple of weeks uh, now. Again, Cal, where is this greyhound at, do you think? Um, I, I, the greyhound's not going well at all. Uh, it's been uh, it's
3: been reported he's had a couple of injuries and whatnot, but he's been struggling to break 30 seconds at Cannington. This is a dog that ran Gan Gurudz Harada mm. in the national sprint, and we see his level there. Uh, I don't think he can win Friday night. I don't think he's suited to the 490 even. And I think he's a great dog for the punters because he always takes up a large percentage of the market because they price him off what he's done in the past. So um, I don't think he's going well. Obviously, a couple of weeks off might mean that he's had a couple of setbacks as well. They might be trying to get him ready. Who knows? But um, freshen up, perhaps? Freshen up. But I don't think a dog like that where you'd want to bring a bit of racing back, I doubt that freshen up would be a um, more of a tactical maneuver. I think it would probably be forced. So... Um, I'll be taking him on Friday night, and I wouldn't be surprised if he opens up quite short in the market, and that will be
1: lovely. Can't disagree with you that he's certainly, at the moment, not firing on all cylinders. Do we think he can get back to the level that he showed uh, when he was at his peak?
3: Well, the only people that are going to know that are the Holst, uh, the Holst Kennel, but based off what I've seen, I think he's going to struggle to get
1: back to anywhere near what he was.
2: No faith in premium share from you, Callum.
1: No. All right. Well, as you mentioned, uh, Mandra not suiting. And the, the only two starts he had down there previously was in the Mandra Derby Series last year, uh, ran third and then second, throws uh, third and then seventh in the final. So possibly not suited, but not a se- small sample size, obviously. Dog, as you mentioned, I, pro- I d- don't disagree with you about this week, by the way, in terms of I think he was, he's uh, going to struggle this week. But I think I'm backing him longer term to come back, maybe not to quite to where he was previously, but certainly to get be a lot better than he has been.
2: Well, that's pretty expected, right? You can't expect him to run his best straight off uh, being away, can you?
1: No, but he's only had
3: two to three weeks off, and before that he had five runs where he wasn't running well at all. So I, I don't see what two to three weeks is going to do for the dog. Um, Yeah, and I'll be pricing him based off the runs that he produced coming back off the little, off the break he had.
1: Fair fair point. What about uh, these two heats? Heat Heats One, uh how do we like the look of that one? Well
3: it looks like Thrift Manelli's race to lose. Um this dog goes really well at Mandra. I prefer it at Mandra over the four ninety. Uh box one, we haven't talked about it on this show, but is a massive advantage over the four ninety. You get a slingshot start. Uh, the boxes actually line up with the rail at Mandra, which is um good to start with. Uh I think uh there's Harper's Hero is a good dog. I don't think um to not, uh, tomorrow night will be this dog's night. But keep an eye for Harper's Hero. will probably drop back to easier after this race, and I think it's got a lot of lot of
1: ability. Up and coming dog for sure. What about that second heat there? This is a uh, more
3: open heat. I'm definitely not the, um, the quality of field of the first heat. I actually went with Who's Got Byron. Drawn five perfectly. Will stay straight. Likes to use a bit of the track. Went 30-21 last week, and that track was really slow. I think that's probably a sub-30 run at Cannington. Uh, has performed really well at Mandarin. Can get out the boxes. Um, importantly to note that Weston Olive, also another dog that's racing really well and has Box 1, which is his box, um, will stay the rail. Just needs a bit of luck and doesn't need dogs coming uh, towards the rail and getting in front of him. All
1: right, so that's the Sandgrove Heats at Mandra on Friday. Then we swing our attention to Cannington on Saturday. More feature racing, uh, n- another heats here. It heats of the Paradise Street Trophy, two of those, uh, and... Look, these are interesting uh, competitive fields as well, aren't they? Yeah,
3: the first race is uh, absolute lottery. Um, tipping without prices is hard work. Uh, Chimera's quite inconsistent, but was a good run last week. Have Snickers, what about
1: M- Snickers, yeah.
3: Yeah, I thought Chimera was a better run in that race than Snickers manelli uh, Chimera only finished um, half a length behind them two and was bumping and was box eight and now comes up with box one, a dog that likes the rail. Can get out pretty well. I'd probably say is a better beginner than Snickers as well, but... Obviously, it depends what Chimera rocks up, but I've gone with Chimera. Obviously, Snickers the danger. Um, Banjo's girl, if it can get on the arms, a good dog. Uh, wasn't it was a strange run at Mandra last start over the 490, so we'll probably lean to Chimera, uh, the danger Snickers.
1: All right, so Hobby looks to play a big hand in the second heat as well. Flake Manelli, probably our premium stayer at the at the moment, uh, coming back after a short break also an interesting runner a dog that i think you and i Cal, both like a bit Cindy's Oliver stepping up to distance racing once again uh, first time since uh, he ran second in the galaxy this is uh, this has got a few other dogs there that are, that are pretty handy as well rockstar patrick can can perform uh you know when things goes way likewise inversion and grace are lee's a dog that is pretty consistent as well so Despite the fact Flake will probably be uh, a short favourite here, there are quite a few dangers here, aren't there?
3: Yeah, well, basically this race you've just got to work out whether you think Flake's going to lead or not. Now, I don't think the Ben start on the 600 suits Flake. Um, It's a dog that likes to muster up. Grace Arley likes to use a bit of the track and can get out on the night too. So that would be a worry where Grace is drawn inside Flake and that first turn would be interesting. I think if Flake doesn't lead, Cindy's Oliver's the one to beat. Um, it's been well noted that the trial time, uh, the run home time, sorry, over the 5.20, this dog has been absolutely flying home. Up to 600 suits and I think up to 7.15 will suit even more and we'll see a different dog. Uh,
1: yeah, definitely a bit more seasoned this time around in the staying races. When it was competing in the Galaxy, it was only early stages of its career, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, it was a tough watch in the Galaxy. I was on $51, I think, and it was out leading and whatnot. And so I was cheering it around the home bend, but it just quite got run down.
2: If Flake doesn't start well in this race, how will your betting form from that? If you if that's in your mind, how do you then place the next couple of dogs?
3: Um, I yeah, I think Cindy's Oliver will win then. I think it's the strongest dog in this race by far. Uh Grace Harley, I think, could get into a little bit of a duel with Flake Minnelli. I think Cindy's Oliver just camps out the back of him and loops them and wins. Uh, dogs don't run home in 11.10 over the 5.20 often, and up to 600, I think this dog can go close to about 34.50 with a clear run.
1: All right, guys, just real quick before we wrap things up and head into the break, Einsteinium, a dog that I've had my eye on for some time, has its first race at Cannington uh, on Saturday night. This dog came to our attention in February, with a very quick qualifying time run. Let's have a listen back to that.
4: Fun flying out Einsteinium. Look at Einsteinium go. Seven lengths clear of Mon Rebel and then ace burner. Well back is Princess Bray. Last Bohemian fun. This is flying Einsteinium. Out by a cricket pitch and a half over Mon Rebel and Einsteinium for Terry Erinshaw. Eyes on the clock. Here we go. Gee whiz. 2240.
1: Yes, Ryan, In a Le- Ryan Levitsky, the race caller, was excited. We got excited after seeing that. The dogs fulfilled uh, that promise to a large degree, three wins and a runner-up placing from four starts. All of those have been over the 4.05 at Mandra. Haven't seen this dog for a couple of months now. Apparently, i have spoken to the camp. There's no issues with it. They've just given it a break, taking it easy, uh, which is not a bad thing to do with uh, dogs that are quick. Gets his first run at Kangton. How do we think it's going to go?
2: Well, how about you answer that cuz you were pretty excited about this dog.
1: I am very excited. Yeah, look, it has box 7 which doesn't make things easy, but uh look, the dog's very talented, so I think uh I think it's going to go so well. So, is
2: this another one where you're looking for the future of this dog? Uh
1: future and present, yeah, So, you sure think
2: you it'll do well this weekend? Yep. Callum?
3: Yeah, um I'm strange placement in the 380 on that Ben start, it's a dog that has missed a start 3 of the 4 times over the four. 05 and being allowed to muster up over the 405 start. Um, I'll go into the talk later about that, but the 380 is on a bend and you need to be able to get up and ping from the boxes. Now, from box seven, you definitely want to be pinging. So, whether this dog's going to do that or not, I'm not sure. So, I'll be treading cautiously. I think
1: we'll open up really short. I'm probably more likely to take it on, I think. All right, Calm's going to take it on. Uh, I like it this week and in the weeks ahead, Einsteinium. We'll see how it goes. That's what we've got for this first segment. Join us, though, on the other side of the break. We're going to have Damien Credelli and be chatting to him about his greyhounds.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Go Greyhounds. We are joined by Damien Credelli. Damien, thank you very much for joining us.
4: Not a problem at all.
2: Damien, you came into the sport uh, with your family as a young man. I was about to say boy. Tell us a bit how you broke away and started your own kennel.
4: Yeah, can do. I was actually a young boy. I was very, very young when I was at the sport. I think I was about 11 years old. So uh, back in 1992 it um, was. Yeah, uh, it was only just recently I sort of uh, broke away. I didn't really break away as such. We're still sort of a bit of a team. But um, we bought the property over the road um, in November last year and uh, decided to take on uh, uh, my own kennel over there.
2: Having a kennel of 40 dogs and having your family across the road, how does that partnership work? Are you guys able to train dogs together and keep uh, in communication?
4: Uh, yeah, it was more, we had a bit of a, a transition where, as the team was building, I was still over the road uh, with my brother and, and my father, And uh, but as the team grew to 40 dogs, I sort of had to pull away, but these days, uh, the, the communication side of things, we just really liaise with each other, and uh, anything that, that we need, we're there for each other if need be, but um, I, I guess with the 40 dogs, and, and they've got more than me, it's... Sometimes it's hard to even see each other, other than a quick wave across
1: the road. <laughs> I do love the story about uh, how you guys worked together to build the to the kennel up. Obviously, your old man training dogs for quite some time. You guys, yourself and Graham, uh, your, your brother, grew up around the sport, didn't you? That's how you got your love of greyhounds, isn't
4: it? Yeah, pretty much. Ever since we were young, and and, and I remember the old days back in Mullawar. I'm, I'm sure people have seen the story where we used to. Uh, have, have quite a few dogs in the backyard, and and uh, that was when uh, we didn't have too many champions back then. But it was just you know the, the love of the sport and love love of the dogs, and we all we all enjoyed it back then.
1: And the decision to um, professionalise, I guess, the the operation that was done a few years ago, and and really pay dividends. You guys put a lot of work into upgrading the kennels, uh, improving your stock, and then success followed. You had. Perth Cup winners, Derby winners, that that sort of thing. That great period, wasn't
4: it? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I, I remember back in I was, I was working full time, and my brother rang me and said, "Look, I want to have a real good crack at this." And and uh, he he started with, um, with with my father first, uh, started building everything over there and getting upgrading absolutely everything over there. And, and then I came in probably after a couple of years, um, once they got to a stage, and then. Uh, together we were able to take it that little bit further, and with well, obviously there was the, the three of us there, but there was the, my mum and, and sister and everything like that as well. They were there helping and just being able to do it all together. We were able to grow it to to where it was and and, and take on a really good team, and uh, yeah, had a lot of success along the way. That's for sure.
3: I've noticed that there's a lot of dogs coming over from Melbourne. Can you talk about that and how you get it? Uh, how you get the dogs from over there?
4: Yeah, so. Uh, pretty much the story of, of with me breaking away um being part of the uh my father's kennel and, and Graham's kennel it was sort of was uh, there was a lot of dogs that were getting retired or moved on that that could still run and so i sort of approached them and and said look this is the plan and and that's why we bought uh, bought the ro- uh, property across the road and and but on top of that obviously one kennel supply is not quite enough so then uh, I also approached uh, Linda Britton, uh, and Chris Hulse, who I teamed up with them as well, and uh, trained quite a few of their dogs, uh, mostly Mandra and, and Northern dogs. And uh, and then through um, through Linda, uh, we sort of got in contact with Angela and Jeff Britton, um, Angela Langton, Jeff Britton, um, who uh, they've also taken the opportunity to send some dogs across from Victoria that uh, are certainly suited to the Mandra track and uh, and uh, yeah uh,
1: it, it all seems to be going well from there yeah well you i'm surprised to look at the mandra trainers premiership the, just recently and you're a third on the list so you've done this by stealth it feels like to to me but obviously the the system you've got's working you're getting a lot of success with the dogs you've got
4: yeah it is it was a bit of a shock to me too to be honest <laughs> with you um when, <laughs> when when i sort of took it on it was more about extending um these greyhounds careers another six months or so that was the the biggest plan um and and along the way like i absolutely love working with with the dogs and uh it's when when you see a dog retire early it it sort of you know it sort of gets you a bit but being able to do this has been fantastic and and you know all these the, the wins that have come with it that's just an absolute bonus and and uh uh, well, we absolutely love love taking the dogs to the track, regardless, they win, lose, or draw. It doesn't really matter. The, the dogs enjoy it.
2: Well, on the other side of um, racing, you also have another a little business. Tell us a bit about that.
4: Yes, uh, we do have a, a, a little business. So this, uh, uh, the Greyhounds has been, my wife and I have been pretty much uh, pushing along with this. but. The COVID, uh, the COVID uh, that came in, COVID nineteen, sort of shut down. Uh, we've got a wedding and event day call business, and it sort of shut down a lot of our business there. So we're able to put a fair bit of time into the Greyhounds. But now, um, now that it's opening up again, uh, it, the wedding business we had going, oh, probably about ten years ago now, and uh, we're just been steadily going along. It's it's all decoration side of it. It's not planning or anything like that. It's just pure decoration. Um, all your ceiling drapes and the, all the fancy stuff that makes a wedding look fantastic. So my wife put a lot of time and effort into that business. And, uh, yeah, we, um, we've we got that on the side as well.
3: Yeah, Lex might be looking for one soon. Uh, moving, on, <laughs> Whoa, moving, moving on to tonight. Big announcement. <laughs> yeah, I
2: didn't even know that.
3: Moving on to tonight, race four, uh, Speed Force comes over from Victoria. Now, it looks to have a lot of ability... Uh, was uh, okay from box eight on debut over here. Now strikes box three, which should be suited. Can you tell us a bit more about this dog? And obviously he's coming up against a stable mate, Weston Fergus, who's had a month off.
4: Yeah. So Speed Force, uh, he is an interesting dog. He's a bit of a crazy dog. He, uh, He's actually got quite a bit of pace to burn. If he doesn't work, work it off too much in the actual kennel block before he gets to the track, um, he, he's got quite a bit of pace there. He trialled very quick, um, some very quick sectionals over the 400, and that's why I dropped him back to the 300. Very unlucky not to get uh, get around him on um, last week from Box 8. come up against one of uh, Greg Horn's in, I think it was Circus Maximus or something like that last week, but... Uh, very unlucky last week. I reckon he's going to be a bit of a show this week from Box 3 if he gets that clear run. But Weston Fergus, um, I wouldn't count him out. Uh, he's had a month off, but uh, he is going absolutely crazy up the straight track at the moment. So he'll either miss it by about five lengths or he'll come out humming, I reckon.
1: <laughs> hey, Damien, I have to ask, I, I know you still work closely with uh, Enzo and Graham, but uh, is there any rivalry uh, between you guys now? Just you know, a little bit of... Uh, sibling and family rivalry, you know, between the two kennels?
4: <laughs> <laughs> nah, not at all. Not at all. It's it's great. Like they had a good night last night at Cannington, and uh, they um they I think they got some nice young city dogs coming through. And the dogs that I've got, I'm winning grade sixes and and some grade fives and stuff with. And I think I've got Prancing Turbo that's gone up to free to all. But you know, um, there's there's no rivalry there at all. Last week there was a race where. I thought I was going to get it with Alvarado, and uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, the old man had two dogs, Rain Train and Desert Flyer flashed up, and I got first and second, and I ended up with fourth. So in that stage, I, was, I couldn't believe it. The old man was smiling, and I was like, <laughs> I can't believe he just did that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Hey, you're taking a big team of dogs up to trial at Northam for the trials this Saturday. The The... Northern race season kicks off on Monday, the sixth of July. You are having a big uh, crack at uh, the Northern season this year?
4: Yeah, that's right. I've t- taken sixteen up there to trial this week. Um, held quite a few back from nominating, just to have a bit of a look and a bit of a change. A lot of the, um, a lot of the dogs that I get off of Linda, and that um, sometimes they, they just need that tri- change to go up to Northern and, and liaising with Linda and and, and also uh, Dad. Uh, you know. It's, just, just being able to take them up there and, and uh, give them that look sort of really re- reinvigorates them, you know. So um, I'm, I'm hoping to have a pretty good team go to Northern this season. It's a bit of a shortened season due to the COVID. But, uh, but yeah, hoping to have a fair few go up there this year.
2: Is um Northern something you've done often in the past as well?
4: No, not very often at all. Uh, back in the days before um, I had a bit of a break, I had gone up there with a couple of uh, dogs... Um, Mostly a dog called Action Joel and that. They were quick beginners. But other than that, um, I didn't really go to Northern too much because the the amount of dogs that we had here and the city club dogs and that, it's very hard to to take a whole day out and get up
1: there. All right. Well, look out for Damien to be charging up that Northern trainers' uh, premiership uh, ladder. Mate, uh, thank you very much for joining us. All the best. Uh, with all those dogs, and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, more success from the Damien Credelli kennel uh, over the rest of the year.
4: No worries at all. Thank you very much, guys, and enjoy your day. And you too. Thank you very
2: much. Next, Inside Bedding with myself and Callum. We're going to pick his brain because, you know what, you threw me under the bus there, and I didn't need that.
1: <laughs> That's after the break.
0: <laughs> Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
4: Go
2: Greyhounds with the man himself, James Broadhurst, myself and Callum. Callum, for the next couple of minutes, we're going to discuss a few inside tips of how you go about your life as a punter. Life as a punter? I can call you that, can't I? Track distances and uh, changes of distances when dogs move up and down. How do you sort of look at those?
3: Yes, that's quite a broad uh, spectrum, but uh, the important one is the 380 to the 405. Now, if you are looking at races, you can get a huge edge in this uh, department. As I said earlier in this show, that Einsteinium's a dog that likes to muster. So you're looking for this dog to want to have a nice straight run to the first corner and have a bit of time to wind up. Now, that's the 405. The 380 starts on a bend, so you need a, the dogs need to be able to get out real quick out of the boxes and get to the first bend uh, real, like really quick. So... Um, you are looking for the pingers over the 380. Um, Now, you can get dogs that run really wide at Cannington that can suit going back to Mandra. Mandra is a track where it's a lot more spacious. Uh, There's not as many corners and uh, it suits dogs that can hold high speed whilst Cannington suits the accelerating dogs that can handle the tight bends and hug the rail. So Mm -hmm. in terms of that, you can get a big advantage. Um, As I said earlier, Chevy's gold was one of them um, that I got a good win out of. Uh, didn't handle Cannington and was a bit of a musterer and was box three and moved to Mandra over the 405. Got a wide box and mustered down the outside. So,
2: so would you say that
3: 380 to 405 is the biggest jump in distances? It's not the biggest jump in distances, but there's the biggest edge in terms of what, you can, what, I mean. what so, you can find.
2: Right, and so and then moving up again, how does that sort of
3: look? Moving up again, the 490 to the 520 is similar as well. Um, just the reversal. So the 490 starts at the bend at Mandra. So you're looking for the dogs that can get out the boxes really quick and ping out and get onto the lead. Um, it then the problem with that is that it does suit the high speed dogs. So if you can combine dogs that pings, like a Tommy Shelby, should be really suited at Mandra, has high speed and can also get out the boxes really well. So those dogs, the 520 uh, leans to dogs that can muster. Um, you look at the Simon told Helen and catch the thieves. Um, they can take a couple of steps out of the boxes to get going, but once they get going, they fly. Um, a catch and a thief and Simon told Helen wouldn't be suited to a 490 start because it starts in the bend. They don't get that initial room to get going and all the dogs come, swarm in. And,
1: yeah.
2: We just seem to have buzzwords every episode. Uh, this one is muster.
1: Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. we are mustering a lot with the muster for sure. Certain dogs, though, can overcome these uh, deficiencies that they're just so good that they will, they will overcome whatever disadvantage they have on that particular start point
3: yeah and obviously with certain races obviously dogs that are slow out can take advantage of on the bend start there tends to be a lot of trouble into that first corner so dogs that can slow out and get down to the rail can then avoid all the trouble and round them up we saw the likes of red Cap minnelli do that in the heat where he slow out and then got down to the rail and stormed home just behind zach Minelli.
1: how about dogs progressing up in distance uh, and how many starts you like to give them before you, you're confident that they can actually run that distance. Took the words
2: out of my mouth. Uh, Thanks, James. That's all, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, the 405,
3: it all just depends on, I just look at the last split. So I'm looking for dogs to run around the 1074 and below mark over the 405 to be stepping up to a 490 to 520 mark. Um, Obviously, the more runs they have, the more confidence I have them running the 520, but you've also got to put a bit of faith in the trainer that they're stepping it up and... They think the dog can run the 520, but the run homes are really important around the 1074 mark and below. Um, you can go and look at that on the dogs and whatnot and uh, that website and go from there.
2: If you've backed a dog at Cannington, will you necessarily back it again at Mandra? Or are you looking at, is that, does the track play a significant part, like you said?
3: Uh, it plays a significant part. So a dog tonight, for example, called Lockbrain Moss. I'd like to back it at Cannington, but I wouldn't back it at Mandra over 405. The extra distance is not good for the dog, and the dog is suited to a bench start because it pings out. Um, it doesn't prefer the w- uh, wide, spacious track of Mandra. So there's dogs like that, which I wouldn't back at Mandra, but I would be backing at Cannington.
2: We've heard over the past couple of weeks a lot of dogs been sent over from the east. What does that look like in terms of uh, them coming here in WA and you picking them?
3: Yeah, so first up, I tend to be negative towards dogs that are first up over here from over east. There's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the boxes are different over east. They open at different times, like the time they get the boxes to lift up. Uh, there's also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, when Callum said the box opens up, he
2: moved his <laughs> hands upward. I just wanted to clarify that it was up.
3: Yeah, so, yeah go on. <laughs> so they move up. Quality radio. Guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, tell me about it.
3: Yeah, so they, they move up and then... Uh, I've lost my train <laughs> just, uh, So the, box, they, the boxes.
1: boxes are different, essentially. The boxes
3: are different. So mm. the dog might be jumping out for the first time. A lot of trainers don't send their uh, dogs into the boxes over here. They just do a post-to-post or walk around the track even. So they won't be used to boxes, which is a big disadvantage. They also – it's hard to line up the form. And I'd give a tip for the lining up of the form – to go back and search a dog that has raced over East at that same track, you can then compare their splits at Mandra to what they were running over at, say, Ipswich. Um, so I did that tonight with the free-for-all dog over in box one. Uh, it was called uh, Bundy Banner. Uh, raced at Ipswich. There's a dog that I know that can go really quick early at uh, 3.02 at Mandurah. Um, this dog went quicker at Ipswich. So I think this dog will lead tonight just purely on that.
2: So how many races do you feel a dog needs to have here in WA before it's sort of suited to the boxes here?
1: Or you're confident that you can you you can read its form?
3: Yeah, I put a lot of emphasis on the first start in terms of whether they're going to get out the box or not. If they get the start right, like a Catch the Thief um, got the start right on numerous times I put faith that he can come out the boxes um, well. In terms of running right, it, it, I need to see a run where I like the run before I put confidence into what they can do. If a dog comes over and it's not running well, then I will be against it until I see a run where
1: it performs. Just a real quick one as well. Break time between last start on the East Coast and its first start over here. How, how much importance do you place on that?
3: Yeah, that can be a big big factor. Obviously, if it has a month off or over a month off, then you probably think there is, uh, uh, there's probably some sort of injury involved. You've also got to factor in that the trainer over East is probably selling it for a reason. They obviously don't. They want to get rid of the dog, and for whatever reason, if it's had a bit of a month off, then you've got to be very wary about the dog first up
1: over here. All right, there we go. Little brief snapshot at um, what to look at uh, when dogs are changing tracks, distances, and even coming from over East. Stick with us. On the other side of the break, we've got David Short.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peché. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce. Track, and Alexia
1: Pesce. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, as always, uh, plenty of racing ahead of us over the next few nights and to talk about all of that, plus what happened last night. We've got David Short from Tab Touch. How are you, Shorty?
5: Yeah, really well, thanks, JB. Lex, Cole, nice to be with you guys.
1: Thanks, Shorty. Shorty, why don't you
2: start off by running through a little recap of last night, the winter Maiden Classic heats.
5: Yeah, certainly, Lex. We had three excellent heats there last night, uh, taken out by Rapido Lass, Mild Manners. And then we also had uh, Mild Marcus, partly, and then Cyclone Ruby Lee, and... Rapido Lass was clearly the most impressive of the heat winners for Paul Stewart, uh, daughter of Brett Lee and Tiamo. 5.40 early, 18.30, 29.65 overall. It was a really hot run. And um, Mild Marcus, good as well, 5.55, 18.44, 30.08 overall. And then Cyclone Ruby Lee for Ben McLean, leading all the way, 5.56, 18.74, 30.32. But, Cal, I'll be interesting to get your thoughts. Um, Rapido Lass was just a stunning run by this regally bred daughter of Brett Lee and Tiamo.
3: Yeah, I've heard some pretty good trial reports from this dog going into that run. i heard that potentially the 380 track record could have got broken in a a heat. So I was definitely keen to take the 180 that was on offer. Um, I think it's a dog that's going to improve and improve. Obviously, the back end's probably the weakest part for this dog, and I think over time it would build up
1: fitness and be able to run really good time. Guys, do we see a a dog from the Paul Stewart kennel winner maiden in a really quick time? Do Do we just automatically get excited? Is that a fair assessment?
5: think we're entitled to. Um, over the last decade, generally, when he's fronted up to the track with a promising youngster that's put hot numbers on the, the clock, um, generally they've gone on with the job. So, looks like Rapido Lass has a pretty bright future ahead and um, she'll go around a warm favourite, I'd suggest, next Wednesday night in the Winter Maiden Classic Final. Uh, just one other runner of note there last night that I thought was pretty impressive and you could jot into your black book. Uh, the winner of race six, historic time, um, uh, Kinlock Bray Galloper only, only a youngster, still got a fair bit of upside, but um, overcame issues last night. Five fifty-three early, twenty-nine ninety overall, winning by a length after um, not having it all its own way in the run. I thought historic time was a dog we could follow heading forward. It was a pretty brave effort last night.
2: I'll throw that one in the black book, alright? I'll do that for you, Shorty. Good idea. That's a <laughs> roll,
1: good idea, Lex.
2: Roll into tonight's preview for us.
1: Lex has got that many yeah. numbers in her
5: black book. It's outrageous. Yeah, including Another your name. Oh, <laughs> probably probably looking a little healthier than mine these days, but um, <laughs> let's have a look <laughs> at uh, the, the Mandurah Thursday action and um, some good chasing tonight. Um, thought we could team up with a Fairy Floss runner in race three, number eight, Winlock Origin. Real pinky, this dog. Likes to use a bit of the track. Well drawn. It looks to race in two between five, Girawine Boy and eight, Winlock Origin, but courtesy of the draw, I'll, I'll team up with Winlock Origin. Um, Race four, number four, Weston Fergus, gets a really nice grade drop here. Back to Thursday night country grade. It's a greyhound that's been running into some of our top-line sprinters over 400. Drops back in distance and back a long way in grade. Uh, Should get each way odds to see Weston Fergus run a cheeky race, race four, number four. And the other bet tonight, race eight, number three, Rashford, uh, for Wayne Beamish. This is not an overly strong uh, country grade five. Race Rashford will be really strong to the line. So three bets for me tonight. Race three, the Fairy Floss, number eight, Winlock Origin. Race four, number four at value, Weston Fergus. And race eight, number three, Rashford. I'm pretty sure you like one of those, Cal.
3: Yeah, Winlock Origin I'm very keen on tonight. I think perfect box eight. I think if you look this dog up in the dictionary and you see
1: box eight, I think you see a picture of this dog should stay wide and loop them and win. <laughs> and you've been a big fan of Weston Fergus over the stretch as well, Shorty.
5: Yes, Vargas, old Vargas has been very good for us. I love the Scots and I love a nip of whiskey. So uh, hopefully I can have one or two to celebrate post-race tonight there with Weston Vargas. All right, good stuff.
1: What about uh, for the weekend, uh, mate, Uh, Friday night and Saturday? Plenty of good racing coming up there.
5: There is indeed. I thought Friday night was one of the trickier programs to sort of identify too many winners there. There's three races that uh, in particular I'm going to be punting on. Race four, number five, Cash Money Hero. This is a dog that went around in a pretty reasonable maiden final last time out. against some decent types that overcame a middle draw win in fine style. I think if it. Can produce a similar performance here from again a middle draw. Cash Money Hero can be hard to beat. Race four, number five. Race nine, number two, Rolleston. This dog just Grows a leg when it draws near the rails. That's where it is on Friday night. And um, clearly, absolutely frightened of number four, Mauritian Jet. But Mauritian Jet will start a really short price favourite here. And we'll be getting good each way odds about Rolleston, who won for his four starts ago at a really good value quote. So uh, I'll be sticking place heavy, race nine, number two, Rolleston. And uh, something that I don't mind doing late on a Friday night, going wild. Race 12, number two, can you go wild to Steve Withers? Um, they're scratching of box five, can you go wild? Should sit on Dreaming of Kuna and get the Chocolatas to send us home a winner. Race 12, number two, they're my three on Friday night. We've got heat to the Sand Groper there as well, guys. Be interesting to get your thoughts. I thought they were both great heats, but really deep and tricky to find the winner.
2: Spotlight on premium share was our chat during today's. We
1: did, yeah. Premium share, obviously, not firing on all cylinders, but tough ask uh, in that first heat. There, yeah. Look, they are good good heats, very competitive. Uh, Cal, you liked uh, Thrift, I think, wasn't it in the first one? Thought Thrift was
3: the one to beat. I think probably comes up a good price. And in the second one, I quite liked uh,
1: who's got Byron, who does his best work at Mandra. What about this? What about this class, Shorty, in the 490 of free-to-all, Naughty Gun v
5: Kurt Lee? This will be one of the highlights of the program, no doubt about it. A really good 490-metre free-to-all. But these are the two pieces of form that, that certainly stand out from the others. It's not to say the rest of the field aren't white-hot because it's, it's an excellent top-grade race this week. But Naughty Gun, the winner at 10 of 13 with two seconds at Mandurah, she, she just loves the place. And Kurt Lee last week in defeat behind Fernando Starr, I thought was outstanding. The overall time of 27.36 is um, the sort of time standard that you need to be running to defeat Naughty Gun or at least give her a really good run for her money. So I thought those two would be certainly um, neck and neck at the finish of this race. I found it really tough to split them. How about you, Cal?
3: Uh, no love for Sunset Milo, Shorty. I thought Sunset Milo might be able to run a cheeky race. Has a slow beginner in two. Sunset o- T- Octavia shouldn't worry the dog early. Sunset Octavia usually gets out. Used to be the track. I thought Sunset Milo could get down to the fence and has been running home really well in better class races. I thought if Sunset Milo
1: comes back onto uh, Naughty Gun's tail, I thought it would be running it down. I'm backing the gun in that one. Hey, Shorty, uh, does, as we wrap up Friday night, what about this uh, the 405 free-to-all? Uh, you're thinking... Uh, Mermaid, a little bit
5: vulnerable out there in box six, potentially. And uh, I am the leader of the Mermaid fan club, as you're well aware, JP. Uh, <laughs> even put in the Captain Barnacles hat That's to wear, right. going back about a month ago. So much uh, my love with Mermaid, and I, I was I went out on a limb declaring her last week against the thoughts of Cal and uh, Pete on on chasing winners. But I think that Mermaid Manelli, with Mauritian sniper drawn on her outside, who they're probably the best two beginners in the state right now. And the spot you don't want to be for Mauritian Sniper is outside of Mermaid Manelli, And the spot you don't want to be for Mermaid Manelli is inside Mauritian Sniper. So they could potentially go whack, whack and leave the door open for probably Roycey off box number one to become the dog to beat. What do you think, Cal? Uh,
3: I'm going to lean to
1: Buster the Brute here.
2: Oh, there it is. We got this far. There, now he's there it to is.
5: Yeah, We finally
1: got it in. And real quick, Shorty, we are short on time, but just a quick look at Saturday night.
5: Great night of chasing. Um, there is one bet in particular I'm really looking forward to, and that's in the last race, 10 number two, Hillbilly Jilly, down in grade and drawn a box that she loves. Uh, she, if you're having one bet Saturday night, she's the value play. Uh, Tommy Shelby, can't wait to see him in the free fall again from box five. Baker box on his outside. He should be returning to the winner's list. Sir Monty, race six, number one, is the other one that looks really well placed. And heats the Paradise Street Trophy. Great night of chasing at Cannington on Saturday.
1: Yeah, certainly is. Uh, really looking forward to it. Total agreement with you uh, in regards to Sir Monty there. Hey, listen, Shorty, thanks again for joining us. We'll catch up with you uh, again next week.
5: Look forward to it, guys. Many winners.
2: Callum, let's roll straight into your tips for this weekend because, as per usual, we are running out of time.
3: Uh, race three, number five, Winland Origin, as I said before. Race six, number seven, Westdale, Utah. And for Friday night, I've gone race two, number eight, Nothing Ventured. And race five, number three, Sunset Milo. And a special shout-out to Buster Brute, who... Arguably, he's the best dog in the state.
2: Got this far. <laughs> so similar, similar to Shorty, but not completely the same. An interesting week. Right up, was, ahead.
1: right up there was Zach and Tommy Shelby, Buster Brute. Yeah, mm. if anyone wants a speed start it like event, event,
0: Buster Brute will be there, ready.
2: That's all we have time for. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week. Same time. See you then.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.